You know what the thing that on, on Facebook, and, and I know some of you are going, oh, Facebook is so 2014. I mean, I, I, I know that. And, and you all only adults are, well, Instagram or Snapchat, which those are going to be old in six months, and you, you'll, you'll have to find something cooler so you can be in the cool crowd still, stick with whatever it is. You might want to hit pause on that. Um, and um, <laughs> thank you. You're good. And, but, you know, this is what I see on Facebook, and it drives me bonkers. It's this. It's not the squeak. It's when you see sixth graders or seventh graders, and they're talking on it, and all of a sudden they're talking about how they're in love, and they're, they're, they're going out with so-and-so. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're, they're, it's like, and they are like, man, life is going fantastic. And then... That's not the thing that drives me nuts because that's just youthfulness. But what I love is the 9th and 10th, 11th graders, sometimes adult parent types that write but be, be, beneath it. They write, oh, y'all are such a cute couple. Oh, isn't that sweet? Oh, this is just the best thing ever. And I just want to type, shut up, stupid people. Do you agree with me? I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Because we, we, many folks, how do you say this nicely? We, we egg it on, and then we wonder why things are a wreck a few years down the road. Oh, it's just cute right now. It's just it doesn't mean anything now. They're just being cute. This is wonderful. And it's just, you're, you're not in love. If you're 12 and I've just offended you, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. I'm just not, okay? You're not there yet. If you're 15, the odds are in today's world, if you, were, if you lived in ni- ni- 1910, you might start to know what love is, but not today. We don't get it. When you're 18, lots of you have no clue still. You may, some, I'll give you credit, some may, but lots don't. And we act like we do. So this, this, this thing... It's crying out for attention. You know, a, a sixth grader, seventh grader, eighth grader, even ninth, tenth, and up, a lot of times the dating thing, oh, I'm going out with so-and-so. Do you know why pe- people do that? Do, do you know why? Because you want to look better in front of everybody else. Because your self-esteem is so low, you need some help to get off the ground, and you're trying to claw. And listen, you're not the only one in the game. Everybody's in the game. Everybody's sort of trying to find their place. So guys, I need, I need you to look at me for a second. Guys, guys, right here. Girls, don't pay attention. Just don't, don't talk. Girls, look away. Only guys. Guys, can I tell you, at the age that you're at, girls are of the devil. <laughs> Amen. Okay? Girls are cheating. Okay? Guys, look away. Girls, look right here. Girls, let me tell you something. Guys are worse. Okay, they're at your age. It is trouble. If you want something to trip you up, pursue that all the time and it will wreck you and mess you. And it can wreck you for the rest of your life starting right now. Decisions that you make right now, let me just tell you, can affect you greatly for the rest of your life. And so my hope is this. Well, tonight's it. it, it, Some of you may not know this, but we're talking about purity. Tonight, this is week one of three weeks. What the Word of God says about it, and have, and um, it includes the dating issue is sort of in here, 
love, love, not love, but love, love is in here, right? Um, ooh la la. Um, but we're going to really tonight take on the juicy topic of self-esteem. Ooh. Man, are you sure we want to hit this juicy topic? Wait, I thought you said we're on a, Someone's calling my phone right now. It might be one of you in here trying to mess with me. Um, the topic of self-esteem, because can I tell you this? If we can start to get our hands wrapped around this, it's going to affect every part of our lives when it comes to purity in our life. But if you don't get this right, if you don't get this right, everything else is messed up. Okay? Are you with me? Sort of? Yeah, I'll give you a chance. I'll take it. Our self-esteem is, is driven by the moment. Do you understand that? Self-esteem is by the moment. It's how I feel right now. It's 96% of you at one point, probably not that many, but on one point on Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram or Twitter or whatever, have said, best day ever, and two, two minutes pass, and you're like, worst day ever. Have you seen that post before? And you just want to go, hey, come here, let me help you. What are you doing? <laughs> Get a grip on you, right? Because it's like up, down, up. Self-esteem is, uh, some, someone says something nice, man, you look cool. Hey, thanks, man. Man, man you smell like dog, and you're like, Aah. and we, 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 Self-esteem is, is, is up and down. It never tends to hold st- steady. So the question is, how does your self-esteem have power over you? What are ways, I'm going to ask for some input right here from you. How does self-esteem affect Teenagers or adults, how does it affect you? How does it have power over you? Let, let me ask this. Does it affect your mood? A good mood or bad mood? Whether it's that minute, hour of the day, it can affect it, right? How you feel about yourself, self-esteem, how you feel about you, it can affect your mood and stuff, right? What else can it affect? The way you treat other people around you. It can treat, if you treat them with grace and love, or if you beat them down and you're a bully. Do you understand this? And we'll get there. A bully is someone with low self-esteem. So next time a bully comes up to you and starts to pick and kill, oh, I know your problem. You have low self-esteem. And (laughs) they may punch you in the mouth, but they'll know deep down that you're right. Okay, no, they have low, they, a bully has low, why, why, why do they have to bully you so they can feel better about themselves? And most bullies that I have known or, or met, there was something at home or something that occurred to them or was kept on occurring to them that they were just trying to keep their head above water because they were hurt. Most bullies, that's why they do it, low self-esteem. Who else? You, you were saying something. If you're shy or outgoing, right? Your self-esteem, if you feel good about yourself, I'm ready for this, I'm ready for this. And I'm not going to do it. Be quiet. Okay, hope he doesn't call me tonight. You know what? Self-esteem can affect what we eat or don't eat. Okay, self-esteem can affect, uh, for some, and this is more prevalent in girls, but an eating disorder. Order because you feel like you've got to be skinny, and and so you you don't eat food, and your and your whole life is based on how well you look, and that and that drives how you do, and so you may not eat at all. For some of us, self esteem runs the wrong way. So when I feel bad about myself, I'm going to eat. Man, food makes me feel so much better. See, I see. If 
five years ago, I was quite a lot bigger than I am right now. And I started to run. And I run a lot. And folks go, do you love to run? I say, no, I don't. I hate running. But I love to eat more than I hate running. So, and I want to feel somewhat good about myself. So I'm going to run so I can eat when I feel bad. And I must feel bad all the time because I, I just love it. I just spit almost on the third row. That was like a record for me. I know, I know. It's like, you're, I was at it. Self-esteem can affect this. Who, who we date or when, when we date, at what age or who we date. Because it could be some, someone we would go, uh, I don't think I should date them. But self-esteem can go so low, our, our walls go down and our, our, what we expect uh, drops. <clears throat> self-esteem will affect if you choose the world to live for the world or if you choose to live for God. If you, you know, I just can't do it, man. I'm just not that good. God can't use me because I'm, I'm weak. God can't... Y- Use me because I'm not that smart. God can't use me because I t- can't walk, talk worth a flip or walk sometimes. Okay? You see, self-esteem can affect us in so many ways. You know, self-esteem can affect, and, and you've, been, you've all been touched, I think, in all of our lives um, somewhat, that, that we have friends or those that we've known that, that have taken their own life because they felt like they weren't important enough and they were alone and not important. Self, self-esteem is a, a big deal. Do we agree on that? But can I tell you this? Your self-esteem is, 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 is for the most part, in your life, it's, it's going to rock back and forth. For some of you, it's always going to stay low. It might perk up some, but it's going to stay low. For some, you feel pretty good about y- 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 yourself. Um, but I want to talk about two things, because there's a thing called self-esteem, and there's a thing called self-worth. And some folks would say, well, these are the same term, but they're not. See, we get our self-esteem from our self-worth. Okay, self-worth is what you invest in, which defines who you are and identifies who you are. And out of your definition of what you invest in, that's where your self-esteem comes from. That's why this is what, what are some things that, that we base our self-worth on. The way that we look. Not everybody can look as good as me. Okay? I'm sorry, you just can't. Okay, I'm, not, I'm, kid, I'm kidding, it's a joke. I don't look that bad. Okay, well, it just depends on the day. Self-esteem up and down, up and down. Based on how, well we, how we look. We look good, we don't look good. That, that's, that's where our self-worth is based. We can base self-worth on our, our talents, our skills. If we're athletic and great in sports, or if we're smart, man, we're really good in books and we're great in school, sometimes that's where we're going to put our self-worth. That's where, if, as long as I, I get A's, I'm feeling great about myself. But if those things drop, I'm, I'm a wreck. If I'm doing great in sports, that's cool. But if that, that falls off, I'm a, we put our self-worth in that. We put it in friendships, right? Our self-worth, a lot of times, we base it on the friends that we have. And um, they make us feel good about ourselves. And sometimes they're good friends that we need to have. But can I tell you, sometimes for our self-esteem to go up, we've got to get around friends that may not have the same beliefs that we have, and they don't believe in God. And in the end, they, they pull us down, and they don't help us up. Self-worth today, and this is new, is in social me- me- media. How many likes did I get on this or that? How many shares on this or that or, or comments? They didn't, don't, if you like, that's, that's like, that's like a, a half check. But if you put a comment, that's worth 10 stars in, in my self-esteem book. And so when no one likes it or comments, I'm like crushed. That's our self-worth is based on that. Our self-worth is based on who we date. Okay, that, that occurs a lot. 
And it's not a a reason they... Our self-worth as well can be based on our family. Our mom and dad or or brothers and and sisters. In some homes, you might go, well, it's not mine. But in some, they might go, man, you're so good. You're so great. Man, you're doing a great job. You're like the best thing ever. You are so good. You never fail at anything. And our self-worth can just... And that's sort of what drives us. Now, my question for you tonight is how do you see you? Before we start, I want to know, and I don't want you to say a word, but how do you see you? And where does your self-worth come from right now? There's a, a video. This is from a Dove soap commercial, and they did this two years ago. And some, some of you may have, have seen it, uh, and it's an interesting thing that I think it's called. Oh, I don't know what it's called, but uh, it's going to be on the, on the screen here. It should be right in front of us if we can get it to work right. I'm a forensic artist. Worked for the San Jose Police Department from 1995 to 2011. I showed up to a place I'd never been, and there was a guy with a drafting board. We couldn't see them. They couldn't see us. Tell me about your hair. I didn't know what he was doing, but then I could tell after several questions that he was drawing me. Tell me about your chin. It kind of protrudes a little bit, Hmm. especially when I smile. Your jaw? My mom told me I had a big jaw. What would be your most prominent feature? Kind of have a fat, rounder face. The older I've gotten, the more freckles I've gotten. I would say I have a pretty big forehead. Once I get a sketch, I say thank you very much, and then they leave. I don't see him. All I had been told before the sketch was to get friendly with this other woman, Chloe. Today I'm going to ask you some questions about uh, a person you met earlier, and I'm going to ask you some general questions about their face. She was thin, so you could see her cheekbones. And her chin, it was a nice, thin chin. She had nice eyes. They lit up when she spoke. Cute nose. She had blue eyes, very nice blue eyes. So here we are. This is the sketch that you helped me create. And that's a sketch that somebody described of you. See how that's... She looks closed off and fatter, sadder too. Mm -hmm. The second one looks more open, friendly, and happy. Mm -hmm. I should be more grateful of my natural beauty. It impacts the choices and the friends that we make, the jobs we apply for, how we treat our children. It impacts everything. It couldn't be more critical to your happiness. Do you think you're more beautiful than you say? Yeah. We spend a lot of time as women analyzing and trying to fix the things that aren't quite right. And we should spend more time appreciating the things that we do like. All right, who here has seen that before? Okay, I think quite a few of you have. Um, 
know, it's interesting. One thing is when we view our looks, we, we usually do view ourselves much worse than the world does because everybody else is concerned about themselves more than they're concerned about you. I mean, and so we see the small, the thing, oh, the flaws, and no one else goes, oh, I, don't, I don't see that. I've got some folks that lie to me, and I don't say lie to me, they go, hey, we've been around you for like four years now. We don't even hear you stutter at all anymore. I'm like, you're smoking crack. I mean, yeah, okay. But we tend to do that. We, those people, we sort of, we just miss those. We, we skip those things. Now, what's great is there's a, a spoof vid, video of, of this with men that come in. And they come in, and they come, and it's the same thing. There's a... F- Forensic guy, they don't know what they're doing, and they stay, they sit down, and they say, well, tell me about yourself, and they go, well, I've got a very nice chin, nice squared off chin, and, 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 and bronze skin, and uh, a beard that, that a lot, most men would kill to have, and they're just saying all these things about themselves, and so then they, they leave, and then someone comes back, and, and they, they had met them in the room, and they talk about him, and they're like, oh, yeah, his eyes were sort of weird. And so the sketches, and look at this, look at the, the pictures. Here's, here's one. Let me, okay, like you look, okay, you can sort of see, this is the guy. That's who he described himself as, and that's who he, they, they thought he looked like um, there. And, um, but it's so like a guy to go, yeah, I look good. And, and it, a girl's going like, oh, I'm awful. And we're so swapped. There was one, one more shot here. Um, yeah, you can sort of see that this is how they saw themselves. That's how they, they were perceived as. Um, so I thought, oh, that's a, that's a pretty, good, pretty good spoofing thing um, of the video. Uh, a qu- question for tonight I have for you is this, is how does God see you? Not, just, not how do you see yourself, though that comes into play a little bit because you see yourself through how God sees you. That, that's important. Not how the world or friends... Or someone you meet on the street sees you. But how does God see you? And now, as we look at the Word of God, there's got to be two things you've got to understand here or believe in, in order for this me- message to affect you. First thing is this. You've got to believe that God is real. If you do not believe God is real, then you will not believe you can have self-worth in Him. You've got to believe that God is real. The, the second thing, you've got to b- believe that God's word is truth. If you do not believe that God's word is, is truth, then what I tell you has no ba- basis in strength. God is real. God's word is truth. We're going to read and in, in, start off in the book of Psalms tonight in, in, in chapter 139. And there's four things because I want you to see how do we get our... Self-esteem in the right place, we put our self-worth in the right place. And our self-worth is found in God. And I want you to understand tonight, leave here, and understand how God sees you. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we read this word together. And I think we'll have it on the screen as well, beginning in verse 13. And... uh, It may not work. We've had some issues with the um, display tonight. So we... Give me a sign, David. I just see you... Okay, perfect. Here it is. Let's read this together. For you... I'll read it, because if I stutter, you won't be following me at all. So let me read it. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made... 
Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the... The sand. I awake and I am still with you. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for your word, for your truth. Lord, I ask that you use this to shape us, to grow us, to um, strengthen us, to be uh, men and women who honor you and live for you with our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Sit down for a second. Okay. Verse 13, it said, look at this. If you don't have this underlined in your Bible, can I, you know, there's spots I think you should mark in it. Now, if your parents say you're not allowed to mark in it, don't, I don't want to supersede your parents. But, um, but man, it's great to know where the stuff is. And when you flip through it, go, oh yeah, I'm reminded. Because this, listen to what it says. It says, for you, for God, for you, God, formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Do Do you know that God had an active part in who you are right now. God put you together. And then he says this, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You don't know how many times I've said that phrase just to you throughout the years who have gone, man, I just don't know if anybody cares. (laughs) This world is a mess, but can I tell you this? No doubt God loves you, has a plan for you. So these are the first ways that God sees you. First is he created you with a plan and a purpose. God created you. You're not chance. You didn't just sort of turn out the way that you did. He created you with a plan and a purpose. Many of you have heard the story. It's the best way I can relate this truth. Me at the age of 16... My belief in Dan, I didn't have a belief. I, this was my, I believed that God was real, but that was about it. I believed that God had made this world and then spun it off and, 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 and left the world to go make new worlds or whatever he was going to do. But he wasn't here because there was no way a caring God was here who would have made me and been a loving God. Because, see, I couldn't talk right. You know, I, I, I've stuttered since the age of five. I um, wasn't made fun of a lot in school because I got in a, a lot of fights uh, and won most of them. I don't suggest that the best way. I was the bully we talked about, right? Um, uh, defending myself or those that were being picked on. I was the guy that would stand up for him. So I didn't get picked on a lot, but I just believe there's no way that God could be a loving God because have you heard the way that I talk? You know how rough it is to try to say your name sometimes and you just sound like a freak? And um, a few years passed, or really, really at the age of 16, I went to, to, to camp and I learned uh, about God, that he had, he had made us all uh, and he loved us. But we all sinned and I knew that I was, was different. I went to this church camp and the kids at this camp were great kids. They were nice to me. They, they didn't bat an eye at my speech. Uh, and it didn't seem like they even had to try or to fake it. They, they were they were really cool kids. And I'd been a nice kid. I've always been a, a, a nice kid. But they had something I did not have. 
And the fourth night of that camp, the guy spoke about Jesus Christ uh, and his death on the cross. And, and it was as if as I sat three rows back from the front row, um, if I didn't stand up and go talk to him at the end of that, I was going to explode. I, 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 I was so overcome knowing that I sinned and I needed what that guy had just shared because I was so lost. And that night, my life was changed. And I still lived a life where I said, you know, um, I believe God's real. I believe God loves and stuff. But, um, and I, I felt tugs to work with youth and work in the church, but I can't work in the church. I, I, I can't talk. So I'm, I'm going to be a chef or something behind the scenes. I'll be, a chef, I'll be a great chef or a PT guy. I was going to college. I went for a year and did all this science stuff, and I failed everything because I hate science. It was a sign for me from God. I wasn't supposed to do uh, physical ther- therapy. And so um, I actually was about to take some time off f- from, from school because I didn't know what I was go- going to do at this point. And I was in the Word. And I read a story in Exodus 4 about Mos- 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 Moses. And he has a talk with God. God goes to him. And in Exodus 4.10, God has, has, has said to him, Hey, I want you to go here and, and, and be my, my voice and lead these people people out. And he says, God, I can't. And he says, I'm, I'm slow of, of, of mouth and tongue. We don't know how he talked. He just could have had a list. We don't know what it was. Uh, but he talked funny. He said, God, I can't do it. And God, at that moment, he said, the anger of the Lord burned against Moses. And as I read that, I remember I had fought for that, that year or two going, I, I can't do, I can't work in the church. And that, that, that moment, it clicked. I thought, and then it goes on and says, who made man's mouth? Who made him deaf, dumb, or blind? Am I not the Lord? And at that point, I went, okay. You're messing up, God. I was still going, you're screwing this up. You're, you're choosing the wrong guy to even, even teach a little bit, but I'll do it. And I went off to school, and I've been now on staff with churches getting to teach every week for 22 years. It makes no sense at all. And it's funny because my speech defines me, and, and I don't let a lot of you know this, but I hate it. And you would go, yeah, but it would get frustrating. There's times I just, I hate it. It makes me angry. I'm just sick of it. When, when you can't say your name, you can't say the word A or and. You go, how do I get stuck on the word A? There's one letter. And inside your head, you're going to spit it out, and, and, and you can't. But the times I've been used some of the most by God, when I've gone up with a youth group or in church, in big church, and I speak in front of a group, and I come down, and some folks come to me that have never heard me talk and go, how in the world did you just do that? Because we've never met someone who stuttered that would be willing to talk in front of a crowd. And I go, it's not Dan being great, it's God being greater. It's Dan fighting God and God being worth it. The only reason why I would talk in front of a crowd is because God says I need to do it. And he's used it to bless people, to move people, to work. Not that Dan's been, whoa, look how brave Dan's an idiot. Okay, I am, I am. I balk much more than I go. But God is just amazing that he created me to be this way with a plan. If I did not stutter, and I've, I've told folks this countless times, I think a lot of myself. I think I'm pretty smart, okay? But when you can't say your name in front of a group or when you talk to someone one-on-one and you're 
you're trying to say something and you can't, it brings you down awful quick. And it's what God has used to keep me in check and I think keep me close to him. And if that's what it takes for me, I'm glad I've got it. I'd much prefer to be broken and close to God than looking good for the world to see and running away from him because I probably would run away from him if I hadn't been born this way. So we take these things that are weaknesses going, well, why am I this way? Why am I this way? And we've got to understand God has made you with a plan and a purpose. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I don't know what you've been told this week or this year or for your life about who you are, but this is what God says. You are wonderful. You are amazing. I created you with a plan and a a purpose. That is how God sees us. Now look here in verse 17. It It says right here, it says, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. How many grains of sand are in a teaspoon? A teaspoon is in roughly this cap. Okay? So just think this cap not heaped over like like 4 feet tall. This cap, how many teaspoon uh, how many grains of sand do you think are in a teaspoon? Anybody got a guess? I better drink this since I'm up. Anybody got a guess at all? Just somebody throw a guess out here. Okay, it's okay. We're talking about a teaspoon, people. Okay, four hundred billion million zillion. Okay, teaspoon. Okay, these are closer. Now, let me tell you this: there was a guy who made his son count grains of sand to figure this out. You better behave yourself, boy. I got a new, I got a new chore for you if you get out of line. And so he got an eighth of a teaspoon of sand, and he counted out the grains of sand. And he, 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 he got a number, and he multiplied it by eight, and that's how he got a teaspoon. Approximately, he did it twice. He made the son do it twice to get it close. There's 14,800 grains of sand in a teaspoon. 14,800 grains of sand in a teaspoon. <clears throat> Now, let me read verse 18 again, and this is um, in a different ver- ver- version, but it's, it's, it's the same thing. And let me, let me get it right here because I get it right. I had it on the wrong page, of course. I can't find it. Glasses, people. I need glasses. Okay, here it is. How, uh, verse, uh, verse 17, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God, how vast is the sum of them. If I would count them... They are more, uh, they, they would out, outnumber the grains of sand. Okay, that's, that's really, if you look at the Hebrew in the text, that's sort of what it says. They would outnumber the grains of, of sand. So how many grains of sand are in a teaspoon? 14,800. Next time you go to the beach, take two hand, handfuls of sand and understand that there's 1.4 million grains of sand and two handfuls of sand. 1.4 in handfuls. And do you understand God thinks of you more? Infinitely more than that. You go, well, I can't even grasp that. You're not, you're right, you can't grasp that because you're not God and he is. Well, I want to try to, well, you can't. You can't. He thinks of you often. Is it nice to be thought of? 
I like it when there's a youth that I've had that have, you know, y'all don't get it. This, this is, it, it stinks to work with youth. I hate it. God bless you. I hate it because this is why. I have you, some of you for two years or four years or six years or, or seven years, and you get to an age, and then you go off and you leave me, and I'm stuck here. And I, I, learned, I love the new group I get, but I've got to, I've got to let you go, and, I, and, and I, I hate it. But do you know what I love when I get a phone call or a text going, Hey, bro D, that's what a lot of my old youth used to call me. What's up? You doing all right? Hey, I went online and I heard a sermon you preached. thought it was cool. I get that like once every four years. I'll take it. <laughs> I love to be re- remembered. And you know what? God thinks about you constantly. He thinks about you constantly. That's a good thing. He loves me and is always thinking about me. But can I t- tell you this? It's a bad thing. Because he's always aware of me and he always knows what I'm doing. And I don't know, y'all probably aren't like me, but I'm not always doing everything right. But God sees everything, and he thinks of me constantly. Now, I want you to turn to the book of Matthew. It's the first book in the New Testament. Not in the middle. It should be a little bit more right, uh, two-thirds, three-fourths away over in your Bible. Because if God created you with a plan and a purpose... God thinks about you constantly. This is how he sees you. It also says this, that he provides for you daily. God provides for you daily. Listen to this in Matthew chapter 6. Should have let you know that, sorry. Beginning in verse 25. It says this, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? If he takes care of the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, how much more is God going to take care of you? How much is he taking care of you right now that we don't even think about? Y'all look like you're sort of clothed at least. Pray, praise God. That would be awkward. Seems like you've got food. No one looks like they've, they've starved here. You're taken care of in so many ways. Back in the day when I was in college, I had an uncle of mine named Uncle Clarence. Never net, net, never married. And, and uh, my parents were of the persuasion of we're not going to pay for your schooling. We raised you. You're 18. You need to make it on, on your own now, which, which was cool. But I was there one night, and my Uncle Clarence came to the house, and he, we're sitting there in the living room. He says, Lou Joe, it's my mom and dad's name. He said, I want you to let you know I've been thinking about it, and I really want to uh, pay for your son's college. I've got some money I've, I've saved up, and I would like to give it to him to pay for his, his college. My dad looked at him, looked over at me, got a twinkle in his eye, looked back at him and said, no, thank you. He doesn't need it. I knew I, you know, I was trying to say something, but I knew I would probably get a backhand if I'd, if I'd have said too much. See, my dad was wanting me to 
earn college on my own. He knew the type of kid I was, and if I just got it put on a golden plate to me, I wouldn't treat school very well. I, I, I wouldn't do well in it. And uh, so I had to pay my way through, through school as he turned the deal. And can you believe he did that? Dear Lord, what's wrong with that man? You've heard stories. He's crazy. Well, a few a few years passed, and um, a friend of my uh, a friend of mine had a dad, and I had gone to school for two years. And I took about a year off. It was at that time when I was trying to. I God had just spoke to me, and I was going, okay, I, I'm going to I'm going to go off to school, and uh, and work in the church, and and I know what I'm supposed to do to do now. I did two years of school, and if I was going to go off to Palm Beach Atlantic. This guy met with me, this dad, and he, 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 owned, he owns and has owned a lot of the loops and stuff here in town and just had, had, had money. As, as we had lunch, I told him what I was doing. I was going to go off to school, and, and this is where it was going to cost me this much, but I think I could make it, and I was hopefully getting back within six months to school. And he said, hey, I, I want you to know, don't let money stop, stop you from getting back to school. He said, if, if, if you're, you're short or, or need help, no matter what it is, you let me know. I never told my dad about this guy. <laughs> and can I tell you, I never had to call him up. I got some loans for school. I said I paid on my own. Uh, but I never had to call him up. But can I tell you how nice it was to know that he had my, my back? That, that I was going to go and I knew I was going to make it because he had my back. Man, that, that, that felt good. And can I tell you this? God's got your back. He's got your back. We think sometimes we're in this alone. Man, he doesn't even know what's going on. He thinks of you all the time. In a, a, a second of time, it seems like he, he thinks of you 27 times in a second. He's thinking of you more than you can think of yourself. He's got your back. He takes care of the birds of the air. He's taking care of you right now, and he's going to take care of you. As time goes, and it may not be the way you want to be taken care of. Please keep that in mind. There might be a time and there might be a day where we would lose our house. And can I tell you, that doesn't mean God is not taking care of me. It just means me and I just didn't need, need to have that house. You know, it's not, we don't go, well, God's only going to take care of me if I'm blessed and things are going right. No, God's taking care of us all the time. Don't look for it as things are getting better and better if that shows that God is blessing me. I've got a breath to breathe, and I've got grace to give, and I'm loved by God. I've got enough. He's got my back. Last verses we're going to look at is in Isaiah. It's an Old Testament book. The prophet Isaiah in chapter 49. I'll give you a second to get there. So the, the, the points for tonight are God created you with a plan and a purpose that he... Um, thinks about you constantly, that he provides for you daily. He's got your back. And this last one, he remembers you always. God remembers you always. No matter how dark or how alone you feel, God remembers you always. Look here, Isaiah chapter 49, verse 14. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a, a woman forget her nursing child that she would have no compa- com- compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. 
Can a woman, he says, can a woman forget her nursing child that she is feeding? And he says, even if she could, even if she did, he says this, I will not forget you. Man. Can you, can you, I hope you're beginning to look at this and go, oh, I can see why putting my, my self-worth in, in God who has a plan and purpose for my life, who thinks about me constantly, who provides for me daily, who will always remember me, that's where I'm going to put my self-worth. Because can I tell you, everything in this world is going to fail. Everything in this world is going to fail. I am going to fail you in some way. I'm not God. I'm not perfect. I will hurt your feelings. I will not meet up to your expectations. Those who you date will fail you. One day your kids will fail you. Your spouse in some ways will fail you. Your friends, they'll fail you. Your looks, they're going to fail you. Athletic, athlete people, I used to be sort of fast. It fails you. It's going to fail you. And your self-worth, when it's based on that, it's going to fail you. And your self-esteem, it's going to fail you. You know, I love Isaiah there. Um, he says, Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. And, and Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who lived a perfect life without sin, because we all sin, we fall short of the glory of God. And he lived a perfect life. And he was nailed on a cross. And he was cr- cr- crucified as a sacrifice for our sins. And the cross did not kill him. Our sins placed upon him, the sins of mankind that were placed upon him and separated him from God for the first time in eternity is what killed him and put him to death. And he died as a sacrifice because he loved us. And it says right here, I love the fact that it says, I've I've engraved you on the palm of my hands. He remembers us. He knows us. He paid the price for us. Man. How are you at taking comp, 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 compliments. You're like, oh, where's he going with this? Comp what? Computers? Come. No, compliments. How are you at it? I would, I would guess to say a lot of you are like my wife. I can tell my wife 400 times a day. She's not here tonight. She's, we've got our Kylie sick. Um, I can tell her 400 times, man, you look great. But something goes off in the day or something like that, and she, or she's like, and most of the time when I go, baby, you look fantastic. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she just sort of, it just, just doesn't, it doesn't stick. I'm like, sweetheart, you look, you're great. You're a fantastic mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's so busy and caught up in the way. And I'm, and I'm shaking her something going, listen to me. And I've done this going, hey, I am complimenting you. Okay, good stuff. You feel love. And we, we don't take it well. Man, you look great tonight. So good to see you. Hey, first time guest, put you on the spot. Hey, good to see you. Like, here I say, like, no. Uh, but see, we don't take it. A lot of times we're like, yeah, yeah. And our friends go, man, you're a, a, a great friend. Yeah, thanks. But then s- someone says something small that's, that's not so great and you're wrecked. Right? We, 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 we can take the, the bad stuff. We soak that in like a sponge. And when the good stuff comes in, we're like a hard, iron-proof, you know, wall. But bing, it just bings off. And we're like, no one loves me. And everybody's trying to tell you and you just don't take it. Well, can I tell you this? My prayer for you tonight is what I've talked about God, the way that God sees you, that you take it well. That you take it well and understand 
the way that God sees you. Can I tell you this? Because this is what I, w- I want you to get. When God looks at you, this is what he says. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. You're important. You're special. He says this. He says, you're mine. I remember you always. Man, accept that. Feel that and feel good about that. Man, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Man, live for him with all that you got. Your worth is not found in the girl that you date or that you like or the guy that you date or like. Your worth is found in God. Find your worth in him, in him alone. And it will never, your worth will never go down or up. It'll be up all the time. Your esteem, that's still going to float some, but it's still going to be a lot better than it would be without it. Uh, when he is our standard for your self-esteem, it will transform the way that you act and the way that you live. No doubt. It'll transform the way that you live. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, the phrase is don't set, settle. And it, it, it deals with this, what to, what to look for and who you're called to be. What to look for in this life and who you're called to be. So that's next week in Purity Series. Y'all survived week one. Give yourself a short hand. Very good. Stop. And let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for tonight. Lord, I thank you that everybody in this room is beautiful and created by you and loved by you and, and spe- 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 special in such a way. And Lord, I just ask that you, you will just bless these students and these adults in here tonight. Uh, Lord, may they feel your embrace. May they know how big and how great and how loving you are. Uh, And Lord, I thank you that in spite of who we are, you love us, even though we stumble and fall. Uh, Lord, help us have a great week and give you honor with our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.